Abundance of love Abundance of grace Nailed to that cross You took my place Oh God You paid my ransom My ransom Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. If you have your smartphone, you know, we don't turn to Bibles anymore. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3, uh, verses 5 and 6. I'm going to read a New King James Version. And it's only going to be those two scriptures. And, uh, and I'm gonna t- I titled the message today, Let It Go. Look at somebody and say, Let It Go. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Everybody say all. all. And lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, everybody say all. all. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Father, we thank you for the word. We ask you to minister to us today. Lord, we ask you to speak so clearly, even though there's one holding the microphone, Lord, we pray that it's your voice that we hear and that we receive today. Lord, I pray that we leave this place differently than the way we came in. We ask you to challenge us, encourage us, and Lord, to bring us closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. A few weeks ago, uh, as we were actually going on a team meeting to Antwerp, which is about 35 minutes north from where I live, I picked up our worship pastor who's on our board and uh, on our leadership team, and my wife was in the van, and so was his wife, and we took our church van, and we picked them up, and uh, you guys ever notice that uh, most GPS systems have a woman's voice on the GPS, right? I'm told that you could change that, but I just don't like any other voice. The problem is, uh, you know, when I'm at home, my wife's always telling me what to do, and when I'm in the cars, there's another woman telling me what to do, right? And we're, we're driving, and there was bad traffic. He lives about 20 minutes north of me, and we had it down to another 20 minutes or so to go normally. And uh, so we pick him up at their house, and the four of us are in the car. In fact, I think Ryan was with us. The five of us were in the car, and uh, the GPS, uh, you know, kept telling us, that we needed to reroute. Well, the reason it kept telling us that is because as I came up to their place, I realized the traffic on the highway was really bad. And, uh, you know, as men, <clears throat> we're road warriors. It doesn't matter what woman on the GPS is telling you what to do. We know a better way. Come on, guys. And so... That my associate pastor, you know, the worship leader is with me, and uh, he lived in that area. And I said, you know, I think I'm going to take this side road, and we'll go right up into Merkham and cross on over to Antwerp. And he's like, I'm with you. That's exactly what we're going to do. And my wife's holding the GPS, you know, my phone in her hand, and she's like, honey, it keeps saying to turn around. And I said, no, 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 we know what we're doing. Just kept going. And we're driving a few more minutes, and she said, honey, it keeps telling us to turn around. And I'm like, look, you two women don't know what we're talking <laughs> And so we kept going. And we went a good 20 minutes. And the road was open. And I'm telling you, I felt so proud. Pastor, I felt so proud. 
because I beat the woman on the GPS. And, and I kept saying, look how smooth this road is. Nobody's on this road. And suddenly we came up over a hill. And right as we're getting ready to, supposed to cross a bridge, guess what was there? Bridge out. Dead end sign. There was a reason why nobody was on that road. And daggummit, if a woman wasn't right again. Come on, guys. And my wife said, you know, this is what happens, because me and the other pastor was there. This is what happens when two men have to have control of everything. <laughs> now, let me ask you guys a couple questions. How many of you ever get on an elevator, and when you get inside, you press the button, the doors are still open, so what do you do? Press it again. Doors closed, but you're not moving. What do you do? Press it again. How many of you guys do that? Yeah, you might be a control freak. <laughs> Come on, guys. Now, how many of you have ever driven the highway when the traffic's getting really bad? And those people want to, you know, they want to get on that merge lane and pass everybody up. Does that, does that irk anybody? All right, come on, let's be honest. How many of you, got put, your, how many of you put your car in the middle of that lane? <laughs> so they can't pass by. Right. You might be a control freak. <laughs> Guess what this message is going to be about? Taking control, right? Taking control of things. You know, I think it's human nature. I think it's human nature that we want to control things uh, that we can't control. And how many of you know there are some things in life that you can't control? You know, as a pastor, I used to get upset. I'm telling you, and Pastor Scott, I'm sure you can relate to this. Especially when you first plan a church. I mean, you will count anybody. Pregnant women, count it twice. <laughs> Listen, man. Twelve people in service when you start a church, but two of them pregnant? Uh-uh, that's 14. Come on, guys. And if they get a verified sonogram that they're having twins, mm-hmm. That's called multiplication. Come on, guys. And I can remember being a pastor... And on Sunday morning, standing at the door, and you're kind of praying, but really you're kind of commanding in the spirit, you know, they better be coming to church, they better be coming to church. And you know, you want to track where everybody's at. And I realized something, that I had control issues. I, son, children are to be seen, but not heard. <laughs> I'm about to. I'm about to show you some control here in a moment. <laughs> and so, missions has done something to me. I just kind of realized uh, that the church is his church. It's not my church. Amen? The ministry is his ministry. It's not my ministry. And listen, I've just gone through something a couple years ago, sent my daughter off to college. You know, she was supposed to be obedient and stay in Belgium, you know. She was supposed to go find a school in Europe, be close to home, come home every weekend. But no, you know, God spoke. She comes to the state 6,000 miles away from me. I'm going to tell you, that was a hard thing for me to do. Drop her off at the airport, her and her mom. There was no way in Hades I was going to let her go alone. Her mom went with her. You know, I was a little heartbroken, you know, because I was like, look, your mom can go or I could go. And she didn't choose me. 
you don't have a choice. <laughs> but I, re I remember watching her walk away. And I'm telling you, I remember just this feeling in my heart. You have prepared her whole life for this moment. There comes a time that you have to let go and realize that her journey has been a preparation for this season. And guys, I'm telling you, over the last 16 years, I have just had to learn to just let go. I've had to learn that I can't control the outcomes. All I can do, in fact, when I'm in counseling sessions, when I'm dealing with leaders, when I'm dealing with church conflicts, which in my position, uh, in our organization, I'm considered a bishop. Uh, the, that's what they call me, you know, uh, with our network. Um, and, and I have to walk into church situations that are difficult. And, and I give the same advice every time to leaders. The same advice. The only person you can control is you. Come on, guys. Right? My, I can't control with the way my kids are going to respond to correction. But that doesn't mean I avoid it. Come on, guys. I can't control if they're going to get angry with the decisions I make. But I can control if I get angry. How many guys are with me, right? And folks, can I, just be, can I just be really honest with you? I think there's a lot of preaching we need to do that becomes very practical to people's lives. And this is one of those messages, right? I hope today when you leave this place, you realize you can't control everything. Come on, folks. But we can trust. We can trust the one who does control everything. Amen. And so... I want to just lay a little bit of groundwork for, uh, for us and go through a couple points to help us get past these controlling issues. What, what feeds our control? What does it contribute? Uh, what contributes to the control issues that we have in life? Well, number one, I'd like to say is this, is fear. Everybody say fear. 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 When we cannot control the outcome, we have fear of what might happen. This is something that contributes to us trying to keep control of things. We're afraid of losing control, therefore we try to control it. And here's the issue. The more control we lose, the more control we seek. Now think about that for a moment. Come on, guys. The more control that we lose, we seem to hunger for it more, right? We keep, it's like that rope keeps, keep, keep, keeps getting pulled away from us. We keep trying to pull it back. But how many of you know that leads to nowhere? Now, <clears throat> we're afraid of losing control, and it becomes a vicious cycle. I want control, I lose it. When we take back control, we lose more. In fact, those control issues go to a whole new level. And eventually, these control issues, it affects not only our lives, but it affects the lives of those around us, the relationships that we have. And it creates this vicious cycle of dysfunction. Everybody say fear. Well, there's another, it's, there's another thing that contributes to control issues in our life, and it's timing. Everybody say timing. Now, how many of you know things aren't, you know, we're not necessarily in control of when things happen? Come on, guys. Amen. How many of you have children? Now, how many of you know they're never patient? Except you, son. You know that. Never patient. How many of you just withhold things just so that they learn to let go? right? Timing issues. You know, I heard a preacher say one time, God has never been late. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. I'm going to say it again. God has never been late. Amen. And my best preacher voice, the Lord has never been late. Amen. But he's missed a lot of opportunity to be early. Come on, folks. 
Is it true? Right? But we know that when things are not moving according to the time we feel it should be, we feel it's important. In fact, we feel it's an obligation that we try to speed the process up. Is that true? You know what else feeds control issues? Trust. Trust. This is difficult. We can almost predict when things are not going to have the outcome we think is best. So what do we do? We insert ourselves in the process. Trust. Now, I want you to think about this. How many of you, instead of making it personal, we'll make it about somebody else. How many of you know somebody who has control issues? Right? How many of those people are you? No, no, don't worry. Okay, well, you have some very honest people, Pastor, right? How many of you would agree that either fear, trust, or timing are contributors to those control issues? And I think if we're really honest, we would agree that most of the time it's all three of those things wrapped up in the one. I love this passage of Scripture. I love it. Trust in the Lord. With what? With what? With all your heart. Now, I looked up that word all in the Greek language. I'm sorry, in the Hebrew. So we're in Proverbs. I looked it up, original language in Hebrew. And this is, this is a very fascinating word in the Hebrew language. You guys got your pens ready? You ready to write this down? Because you might not get this anywhere else. The word all in Hebrew, it means all. <laughs> Go figure that one out. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You know, so often the Bible talks about the things that are in our heart, right? Confess with your mouth and believe what? In your heart, right? The, we, 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 so, many, so often we hear this word heart, or, or the issues of our heart, because that is one of the closest descriptions we can give to how we feel. And God determines, is telling us that we need to trust him with everything that is close to us. Your kids, trust him. Your provision, trust him. Your, 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 your future relationships, your present relationships, trust him. All you single girls, listen to me. Don't go after a, some crazy guy. Don't go running after him if he's not running after Jesus. How many guys with me? Amen. All you boys, respect these girls. Trust God with all your heart. Come on, guys. All of you ladies married to crazy husbands. Well, there's no hope. I'm sorry. <laughs> Trust with all your heart. Lean not to our own understanding. Listen, in all what? Your ways. In what? All your ways. Acknowledge him. Now, how many of you know those are, those are words of wisdom? Amen. Those few verses can bring so much impact into our lives if we truly, truly believe it. Let me share a few more things with you. There's four major effects that, that these control issues have in our life. Number one, in fact, I'll just say this. I got this from a business magazine, these, these couple points here, because I thought, you know what? It's not only in business, but it's in regular life. Number one, when you have control issues, you have unnecessary anxiety unnecessary 
necessary anxiety. If you can't control it, now, it doesn't mean that we don't need wisdom. doesn't mean that we need to be wise and we need to seek God to make decisions. But don't create anxiety that's not necessary because here's the reality. When you're living in high levels of anxiety, you're going to make the wrong choices. How many guys are with me? Right? You know what else happens? We have troubled relationships. I'm dealing with a family situation right now, unrelated to why I'm here. Uh, but on my side of the family, I'm dealing with a family uh, relationship issue right now because there's someone who just has to have complete control. And no, it's not me, son. Okay? There's someone that has to have just complete control. And we've had to draw some boundaries and say, I'm sorry. That's not for you to have. And because of their need and, and hunger for control issues, it's affecting our relationship. And it's not only affecting our relationships, now affecting the relationship with them and my kids. It's not only affecting that relationship, it's affecting the relationship between them and my other relatives in our family, right? And so when you have to have these control issues, it not only creates the anxiety, but also brings troubled relationships. How many of you ever work with crazy people at work? Come on. Now, if your hand is not up, you know, you might be. Anyways, um, <coughs> I'm sure that often you can see that these problems are related to control issues in their life. Number, number three is this. Uh, often it creates harsh judgment. It creates harsh judgment. Can I just be really honest for you, with you guys? Can I just be honest without getting in trouble? Uh, I love Facebook. It's a great way for me to connect with people. In fact, listen, guys. You find me on Facebook. I'm one of Pastor Scott's friends on Facebook. We have a, a, a Facebook page that's completely hidden called Hope for Belgium. If you want to keep up with our ministry, we don't do a lot of newsletters anymore. Most we'll everything's through social media and emails. And uh, you can follow every week. I try to give an update of what, what, what's going on there. I love social media. Um, but how many of you know it reveals a lot about people? Yeah. Amen. And, and uh, I'm going to say something that might offend everybody in this room, okay? Um, Donald Trump was not my first choice in the primaries. I voted for him in the general election. I have my reasons for it, okay? But I'm not the big, biggest Donald Trump fan. I'm not waving the flag. But let me tell you something. I pray for him every day. I want him to be successful. I prayed for President Obama every day. I wanted him to be successful. And I just got to be honest with you guys. Listen to me. Listen, listen carefully. You cannot reach what you object. Come on, guys. Amen? And so when it comes to issues of illegal immigration and all of that stuff, guys, we got to be careful that our judgment is not condemning people. Right? Because if I create a hate for those things, if all I'm doing is always judging, I'm never going to see God's heart in the situation. How many of you guys are with me? So controlling people who have controlling issues often judge people harshly. I've been guilty of that. Come on, folks. I'll, I'll never forget. I was sitting in a staff meeting one time, and, and my pastor gave a definition of gossip. Now, how many of you know that's where judgment comes, right? Because, you know, we don't often say these things in front of those people. You know, it, you know we often package it in the form of a prayer. You know, <laughs> just to, you, know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Let's, let's just pray with this brother right now. <clears throat> but my pastor said this. You know, he said, you know, gossip is when you're speaking about a situation that you have no control to make change in. If you don't have the ability to bring change, 
Why talk about it? Right? But we see, when we're controlling people, how many of you know control comes from a deep place of insecurity? I'm going to be 47 in February, and I'm telling you, my whole 47 years has been all about getting rid of those insecurities, walking my journey with God, right? And I just can't, I, I can't uh, 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 reject people and expect I'm going to reach them. I can't reject situations and politicians and people in my church and expect, expect my prayers to make a difference in their life or my influence to make a difference in their lives. How many, how many of you guys would agree with that? Amen. All right, so everybody say unnecessary anxiety, strained relationships, judgment, and you know what? The worst thing is this. It becomes a big waste of time and energy. Becomes a big waste of time and energy. I've spent this time describing to you guys what control issues look like, but let me spend a couple minutes about what we can learn from Proverbs 3. And five. I'm sorry, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Uh, those of you guys that might have studied preaching, I am very much a textual preacher. I believe, uh, not, not that I believe, this is just, I love to preach this way. I believe that when we take a text, we should break it down and see how it applies to our life. That our main points come from that text, right? So we're going to break down verses 5 and 6 and see how it can help us release, release control issues in our life. Number one. Uh, God wants all of our life surrendered to him. How many of you guys believe that? Right? Verse 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Everybody say surrender. Look at somebody and say, let it go. All of our life. He wants all of our heart to be surrendered to him. What's in our heart? Our future. What's in our heart? Our family. What's in our heart? Our work life. What's in our heart, our church life, all of the things in our life, God wants it surrendered to him. And it's very emphatic here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Anything that affects your daily life is in your heart. Let uh, life in him is always about surrendering and giving him control. Can I tell you guys something? God will never place you in a season of life that he's not required now, receive that. There's not a, a, a station in life, a season in life that you're going to walk through that God's presence, that his wisdom, that his leading, that his guiding is not necessary. <clears throat> Let me just be real honest with you in the, what's happened to us in the last couple months. The church in Antwerp that we showed you, the pictures at the coffee shop, we were uh, presented the opportunity to take over a church plant that was struggling. In fact, they'd been trying for a few years. They had about a dozen people, but they had this big commitment with this building, and they've done a great job remodeling it and everything else. But, you know, church to us is about the people, and we have a philosophy in life when it comes to church planting. We don't invest in buildings. We invest in people. And when we invest in people, people will eventually invest in buildings. Let me tell you why God's going to bless you guys for everything that you're doing, the property you have here, more buildings, I'm sure, to come. Let me tell you why, because you guys invest in people. I just heard today about the impact that the, that the feeding uh, program has here, the, the ministry to those who are in need. Have your, you, how many of you know when you take care of God's people, God will take care of you? Amen. Amen. How many of you guys believe that? Amen. <laughs> and so we just have a belief that, that it's all about people. 
but we were, we were asked to take on a project that required a lot of finances. And I originally rejected the idea. But one of our leaders came back and said, listen, you need to go back and think about this because our strategy for Antwerp has always been coffee house. And here it is at our front door. Here's the opportunity. Well, let me tell you guys, I didn't know how it was going to happen. I mean, our church, we, we make our budget every month, but we didn't have an extra 1,200 euros a month. Uh, to take care of this new ministry coffee shop for only 12 people. I couldn't even justify that, right? That's a home group, right? And let me tell you, over a, a, a series of events, we just begin to say, God, we're going to stop trying to figure it out. We're going to stop trying to make a plan, and we simply want your peace. Well, an idea came to me. I called two people and I said hey we have an opportunity we're not sure I was very honest we're not even sure if it's God but we have an opportunity here's what's been presented to us what do you think out of two phone calls six thousand dollars was committed to us both of them said God's in it we're going to help you take care of it okay well six thousand wasn't enough but again I went back to prayer trust in the Lord with all your heart right it all belongs to him this is his work we simply steward it right well, I remembered a grant that I have had access to for several years. I've never applied for it. And so I called the guy, that one of the deciding members, and I said, listen, here's the project I want. I know, I know that normally you guys want equity when you invest with a grant. We won't have equity because we're simply renting the building. But here's the opportunity we have. Our vision for Antwerp has been a coffee house. What do you think? And uh, he said, how much do you need? I said, I'd like, to, I'd like another 15000 I already have six. And uh, he said, that's, that's not enough. All right. Amen. Amen. <laughs> we have a rule in our ministry, all right, that as leaders, we don't move forward unless we have unity. And our leaders were holding back, going, Pastor, we're going to follow you, but we've got to be honest, we don't have peace about this decision. And... Uh, so by the end of this grant, you know, I applied for it. I waited three weeks, and they awarded us $20,000. They gave us $26,000 U.S. dollars to continue the work. It's amazing, Pastor. It's amazing how much peace and unity comes behind money. Come on, folks. Right? Suddenly, suddenly everybody was on board. But, you know, my issue was I was trying, instead of, God, what's your heart? I was trying to figure out how I was going to take care of it. But here's the issue. How many of you know Galatians tells us that when you sow to the flesh, you what? Reap from the flesh. We know it's talking about sin issues, but there's a principle here, right? What you birth in the flesh, you're responsible for it. But what God births, he's responsible for it, right? And so it, it, was, a, it was a lesson for us. Try, stop trying to figure it out. Let me show you how we're going to take care of it. So I have a whole year's budget. In fact, I have almost 18 months of budget that I don't have to worry about that facility so that I can focus on the people. Come on, guys. Amen. Amen. We have to learn that he want, doesn't want part of our life. He wants all of our life. Amen. All right, number two, look at somebody and say, you're not going to understand everything. Verse 5, again, what's the second half of that verse? And lean not to what? 
your own understanding. We're not going to understand everything. It is always about a faith walk. You know what? God, we, we determine a success so differently than God does. We, when, when we talk about success, especially in American culture, in, in honest, all Western cultures, it's about names, who you know. It's about nickels, how much money you have. Come on, guys. And it's about numbers. Come on. How, how many of you guys judge people about how successful they are by how many Facebook friends they have? Or, or Twitter followers? Right? Listen, I've got like 52 Twitter followers, man. I mean, in my world, man, that's, that's, that's mega. Right? But God, God determines success based on our obedience. Amen? And there's some things that we'll be required to be obedient to that we won't understand. And it's not for us to understand. It's for us to say yes and let him figure it out. If I had time, I would unpack that. I got, I got several stories, but I got a friend I always talk about his obedience. And if I had time, I'd unpack it. Maybe I'll come back at another time. But listen, your simple obedience could be a life-changing moment for someone else. Amen? In fact, I'll say it this way. Someone is waiting on the other side of your obedience. Come on, guys. I want to give myself an offering that was so good. Let me. <laughs> my call to Belgium was not something I wanted to do. In fact, my dream was, and maybe Pastor Scott's known me long enough, and, and I've realized how limited this dream is these days, but my dream was to plant a church in Lake City, Florida. You know, go anywhere from there, 75, I-10. And I was going to become the next TBN preacher. I even bought the suits. Stripes. I had towels with my name embroidered on it. Come on, guys. Because that's what they did on TBN, you know. I'm so grateful that God allowed that dream to die. <laughs> we got called to Belgium. I didn't want to go. And uh, I told the guy inviting me, I said, you, you'll never get my wife to leave her family and be that far away from home. And my wife spoke up and said, let's go. I just, I just started crying because she's Holy Ghost Junior. Come on, guys. <laughs> but my life today, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I wake up every day with purpose. I love where I live. I will never live in America again unless God, you know, tells me to be obedient again. And he wouldn't do that to me. Uh, but I love Europe, and I'm giving my life to that, to that continent, and I, every day I live on purpose. Amen? Amen? Come on, guys. Now, I'm not on TBN, but you know what? You can watch us on Facebook every week. <laughs> and that's cheaper than TBN. Do you realize that? Number, uh, number three, we need his wisdom more than our own. Look at verse six. In all your ways, what? In all your ways, what? You know what that word means? Consult him. See where he's at. Ask him what his opinion is. In all your ways, acknowledge him. God will never place you in a season, as I mentioned before, that he's not necessary. We really don't live until we live a life that is led by him. I told you, I almost gave up on that church in Antwerp. One voice from one of our leaders provoked me. 
How many of you know that there's, what was, a, what was the scripture you quoted in your office about hearing rain? Abundance of rain. I hear the sound of abundance of rain before you ever see it, before you ever smell it, before you ever expect it. You sense it. This guy was sensing something. Pastor, don't give up on this. Pastor, don't give up on this. Amen? We need to seek his wisdom and not our own. And number four, and I'll finish with this. He always has a plan. The end of verse six. And he shall direct our paths. He shall direct our paths. One of the greatest senses of freedom that I've ever experienced was when I realized it's all about him. It's not about me. His plan for my family is better than it'll ever be for mine. My plan for my family. You know, I, our biggest concern was our kids' education uh, when we went into the mission field. In fact, I went in thinking I'll be there three years. 16 years later, we're still going. In fact, we started seven, the 17th year this month. We arrived 17 years ago this, uh, this month in Belgium. And we are so concerned about the future of our kids. But you know what? My daughter is in college with 75% of her tuition is covered by scholarships. 75% as a homeschool family. Amen. Now, now, Ryan loves me enough, he's going to get 100%, you know. <laughs> but God's taking care of that. Both of my kids love their friends, love the community we live in. We all feel like foreigners in America. Please don't be offended by that. You know, can I, can I just be, can I, can I pause for a moment and just tell you something about missions? Missionaries don't make it because they don't sell out to the culture they're going to. They live in a bubble. They find other internationals, other Americans. That's where they spend their social life from. Because, you know, you said something to me years ago. You'll never, you'll never know how much it impacted me. Pastor Scott told me something years ago, and it was about another situation, but he quoted that scripture that said that if anything can be shaken, it will be. I mean, the Bible says that, right? If it can be, it will be. And, and I was at a time where I thought I would never be in missions again. But when we went back in the missions, I realized I had to give everything. I had to sell out to it. And you know what? The first time I went, things started shaking. Guess who shook? Me. Second time around, settled it. God's in control. Obedience is the key. How many of you guys understand what I'm saying? His plan is always better than ours. And so I wonder this morning how many of you are struggling with control issues. How many of us are dealing with things in our own control and we realize the, the more control we have, the worse the results become? You know, God could be calling some of you to go to foreign countries. God could be calling you just to go to your neighbor. But because of control and fear and insecurity issues, maybe you're not willing to do that. And I want to encourage you today, move beyond those things, move beyond those circumstances, consult him in everything that you do. Learn to lean on him and not yourself. Realize that his plan is always better than ours. Amen. Can I pray for you this morning? If that's you this morning, you'd say, just close your eyes if you would. If that's you this morning, you'd say, you know what? I have control issues. I have a hard time trusting God with my future, with my relationships. I have a hard time control, uh, trusting God with my, my family, with my provision. 
whatever it is today, and you would say, I'm just so tired of carrying the responsibility of trying to control everything. I need freedom today. If that's, just, if that's you this morning, just lift your hand right where you're at. Just lift your hand. Father, you see the hands that are lifted all over this place today. You see the hearts that are bent towards you today and saying, Lord, I need to let go. I need to let go and trust you. And Father, I ask you to meet each and every one of us where we're at. Lord, I pray that your word will become a mirror to our lives, that when we see the reflection, Lord, we realize there either needs to be change or affirmation. And Father, we ask that your word does become a lamp into our feet, a light into our path, a word sown deep into our heart that brings forth change. Father, I thank you for what you're going to do in the lives of these people. And Father, I thank you what you're going to continue to do with this church in this community, Lord, to bring change to those who desperately need it. Lord, we're grateful today. We give all control to you. And Lord, we say we let it go. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.